Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Stage Coaching Podcast, where I help artists successfully navigate the pressures of an artistic career. This is Evan Dunbaritone, a certified professional life coach, and you are listening to episode 58. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Hello, we are heading into fall. Um, is everybody ready? <laughs> I've been thinking about how fall is such a perfect reminder about how normal changes. It's just really natural. It happens to all of us, whether we choose it or whether we don't choose it, uh, which is kind of a fun thing to think about because so often we avoid change as if we can actually avoid it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this feels uncomfortable, so I'm going to avoid changing at all costs. And then all of a sudden, life just has a way of kind of making you discover change. <laughs> you might as well just choose it on your own. You know what I mean? Anyway, the leaves are changing. They're falling, which is another reminder that I've been thinking about is just to let go of things. Are there any frustrations I've been holding on to? Any angry feelings that don't really serve me? Any expectations about how the world should be, but it isn't? Can I let go of any of those things? And also expectations that my audition recording should be perfect or that everyone in the upper world should want to hire me this audition season or worry that I might miss the right opportunity for me. You know, I just heard Rachel Willis Sorensen, um, who was on our podcast, episode 15, um, which is still our most popular episode, by the way. She was really awesome. Um, She was sharing some mantras that everything that is meant for you will land into your life. And the things that aren't meant for you, it's okay. I'm totally ruining her mantra. So sorry, Rachel. But anyway, so helpful to just kind of allow some things to fall out of your life, especially some expectations. And also for all of my listeners out there who aren't singers or maybe even artists in your career, just know that this all applies to you too. Okay, you are not off the hook just because I always give examples of auditioning and performing. So my mantra that I've been repeating to myself pretty much almost nonstop for the last couple of weeks has been everything is exactly as it should be. Why is the wind blowing? Because it is. And I know that it's supposed to be blowing because it is blowing. (laughs) why is my voice how it is? Because it is. It's the exact way that it is supposed to be. Okay. And it's the, the way that it is. And I can't really do anything about it in this exact moment. 
It just exists, okay? That doesn't mean I can't have a plan for my future, you know, and implement that plan. But just allowing things to be as they are in any given moment actually is more empowering, right? Because you're choosing not to fight a battle that you can't win anyway. That's something that I've definitely learned from Byron Katie. And this doesn't mean that I condone everything that's happened to me in my past. I don't condone all the things that I can't control. I certainly can choose to fight for change in my future, like I said. But in this exact moment where I am, the only thing that is supposed to be is the thing that is. And this brings me so much freedom. I don't have to fight the anger, fight the frustration, the depression, anxiety, etc. I can start to release it. And if you're experiencing those things, then for heaven's sake, give yourself a break as well. There is nothing wrong with you for wanting to fight reality. I talk about this as if I've never fought reality before or that I don't do it every day in some way. It's just another reminder that this really is a fruitless fight that doesn't really serve you and it doesn't serve me. And the more we can practice releasing control of things we can't control, the better. So today, I really want to talk about one of those things, a paradox, where there are two apparently true concepts that seem to contradict each other. It drives us crazy as humans. We just want to make sense out of all of the complex topics. We want everything to fall in line and and make perfect sense about what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, and when this happens, people start taking sides and arguing and forgetting how much nuance there really is. So I've been thinking, and this might sound like I'm going to start getting political. I do not mean to get political. I'm just stating something as an example. Okay, so I've been thinking about marginalized communities, um, people who um, are marginalized based off their race, their socioeconomic situation, sex, gender, religion, culture, etc., etc. So many examples of that. And mostly when it comes to finances, which is another hard topic, right? So we're just kind of layering hard topics on top of hard topics. And like homeless people trying to find work, or kids from low-income families trying to be the first in their family to go to college, or any other, um, you know, person from a marginalized community, especially where finances are concerned. Socially, I feel personally, I feel very strongly about creating systems through organizations, including government organizations, where we can reach out and help people to have their needs met and find ways to thrive. And again, I'm not saying that you should feel this way or that your political view should align with mine because that's not important. I'm just bringing it up as an example because this is how it kind of contradicts. I'll I'll talk about how it contradicts with another ideal that I have. So I have this ideal of using social services to help people who are less privileged than me. And if you listen to me, you also know that I have this strong belief that anyone from any walk of life can learn to feel empowered, to gain confidence in themselves, to raise themselves out of hard circumstance and make something more of their life, okay? And sometimes these two ideals could seem to contradict each other. 
Um, and I had a great conversation on Twitter the other day with someone who was um, talking specifically about helping first-generation students with support to go to college. And this is such an important conversation to have because the support system that you have around you does, in fact, determine a lot of things about you, okay? And denying that it doesn't play a role is just putting your head in the sand. It's like um, that study... A recent study about mice um, taking drugs in this um, controlled environment, and um, when the when the mice were taken out of that experiment where they were kind of alone and they'd become addicted to the drugs, and then they put in a community where there's a lot of fun things for the mice to do, and the drugs were still there, but the mice stopped taking as many drugs. Right? Like there really is contextual information around you that matters. Okay, and privilege really does matter. And another example is a homeless person um, who, you know, there are programs that will give homeless people homes and they're able to turn their lives around, find jobs and gain some stability. And, um, you know, it comes from having a home, feeling like you have support from your community. And all of a sudden you think, oh, I have a place where I can get clean. I have a place where I can cook a healthy meal. And I have a place where I can feel stable and feel safe. Oh my goodness, all those things are so important. And now I feel more empowered to go out and get a job. And I personally believe that, especially if they choose to change their thoughts when they're given a new circumstance, that's when it really becomes powerful, right? So um, if you have listened to me, you know that I believe in focusing on thoughts to make changes. So does that mean that I don't believe in focusing on systems to change habits or services that help people, etc.? No, actually not. I think that there is so much nuance involved in this conversation, obviously, certainly more than can be contained in a podcast episode and certainly more than in a little tweet conversation. (laughs) But I've been thinking about the message that I would want to give to a person who is homeless, um, a person who is struggling to make it through college without familial support, or any person who is facing something new and different and doesn't feel like they have support. Like so many of you, so many singers who are trying to make it in a career that, you know, their parents probably weren't singers and they weren't given a network of people to help them. And a lot of us don't have the finances, certainly um, just handed to us to pay for lessons and traveling, you know. So people have to deal with all sorts of different circumstances and they're not all fair and they're not all equal. But um, I've been thinking about what would I say to people in all of these different circumstances. So if I were coaching a homeless person, and I actually do know a life coach that works specifically with homeless people, which is pretty cool, but I would want to find the most empowering message for them, okay? Um, some people promote a message that it, you know, it, especially if you're talking like in politics or something that you can get help from someone, an organization or the government And if you don't get those things, then you're not very likely to succeed. And that could be an important message if you're talking to the governments and the organizations and the people who want to help. That's important. 
It's like, alert, alert, there are people out there who need our help, and the services we offer can really help them. So that's an important message. But as a homeless person, if you hear that message and believe it about yourself, that you're not very likely to succeed at not becoming homeless unless an organization helps you, then it feels like the only thing you can do is sit back and wait for help, right? So... As a social servant, in my own way, my message is very different. But on a personal level, or on a coaching level, I would want to sit with a homeless person and say the same thing that I say to all of you, which is you are powerful. And your thoughts are powerful. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You're still powerful and your thoughts are powerful. And you are creative, And you can find a way out of this if you really believe that you can. Oh, wow. That Sometimes it, it feels hard to say that because I, I know, again, so much nuance in this. But if they believe that, they're far more likely to be able to go out and find the resources that they need. So you can reach out to organizations, who offer information, education, jobs, and even housing. If, if you're in this situation, you are capable of doing that. You can be persistent, stick to it, and accomplish a goal just like anyone else can. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is more empowering than feeling like someone else has to come in and save you. If you really believe that, then you will feel very stuck and possibly, you know, very depressed, waiting for someone to save you. So now you might think, see, you don't really understand the importance of receiving help. <laughs> like, oh, Evan, you think that anyone in any circumstance can just make anything happen on their own. Anyone can make their dreams come true. And it has to do with your personal drive rather than all the other circumstances that come into play. Again, contradicting ideas, so much nuance, but stick with me. I don't really totally believe that. Um, I've read in Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, um, which I love Malcolm Gladwell, but in this particular instance, he talks about the 10,000 hour rule, about how anyone working hard enough for long enough can accomplish, you know, basically, I'm putting words in his mouth, but you know, Basically, that you can accomplish almost anything you want to with 10,000 hours. Okay, super overgeneralized. <laughs> and I, I know he didn't exactly say that, but a lot of people kind of believed that from his writing in, in Outliers. So is it really possible for any person on this earth to work hard enough and just become a Michael Phelps or a Simone Biles? Well, of course not, right? There are obviously so many other factors. Um. So many other things that play into our circumstances, including natural gifts and our DNA, the way people are raised, financial stability, the people we meet, um, the network we are kind of handed sometimes. There are so many factors, right? But here's what I'd say. Anyone with any dream at the beginning of their journey or even along the path, there's no way to know what that person is or isn't capable of. Okay, you cannot prophesy which people are going to make it just based on how wealthy they are, 
how tall they are, how much support they have, and how hard they work. And sports sportscasters try to do this all the time. Like, oh my gosh, that kid, he's such a freak of nature. He's so tall, he can jump so high, blah, blah, blah. He's going to make it so big in the NBA. Or it happens in schools. This child has such an amazing IQ. They're going to be amazing in school and they're just a genius and they're going to do on and on and on. And you know what? These people who make these predictions are probably wrong as often as they are right. You know, and trying to predict which students will make it through college based on their support system is fruitless. And if you tell students that they aren't likely to make it without a support system and they believe that message, then they will indeed be less likely to make it because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The beliefs that you have about yourself, um, you find proof for them, okay? And if you tell them, on the other hand, that they are powerful, creative, and that, you know, I'll never know how much you can accomplish if you try. I can't guess, but I know that you're powerful and creative and I can't wait to see what you, you know, do, then they are more likely to figure it out. And you can even tell them, you might not have been born with the support system like Sally Jane over there, but you are capable of going out and finding a support system Who's to say that you can't find teachers or counselors or coaches that can offer support for you just because maybe you weren't naturally given a support system and um, they might need some help to know that that's an option for them. That's definitely true. But they are capable of all of that and more. They just need to believe that they're capable of it. So here's kind of a, an, a comparison that I think a lot of you will relate with since a lot of you are professional singers. Um, I want you to th think, is there a single person on this planet that is capable within themselves without a teacher, without a coach, without mentors um, of becoming such a great singer that they have a successful career all on their own merits? I think it is extremely unlikely, not totally impossible, sure, but basically all of us need mentors, all of us need support, all of us need encouragement, and sometimes a bit of luck doesn't hurt either, right? And we also need an extraordinary amount of hard work, like at least 10,000 hours. <laughs> but as a singer, what if you don't have a great support network? Does that mean you're doomed? What if you don't come from money? What if your parents couldn't afford voice lessons for you? Does that mean you're doomed? No. <laughs> you are still powerful and creative. You can find the support system that you need. You can find a job and pay for your lessons. And... Um, you know, all of these things can be a journey, a process to achieve. I'm not saying it's that easy, but just examples, okay? And if it is so important to you, I really believe that you can find a way to make meaningful changes in your life. You have to believe that you can, though. And that is where I come in. My message is the same to you as it is to anybody 
from any marginalized community, and I'm sure that many of you are from marginalized communities. And if you have a dream, there is no way to predict whether you are capable or not of accomplishing it. And that's not really that important because any dream is worth reaching for for any person. The things that you learn as you challenge yourself and pursue challenging things is worth it no matter the outcome. Like if your goal is to become an Olympic gold medalist and you work and work and work and you don't achieve that, look at all the other things that you did achieve along the way, you know? I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what your life looks like, what your finances look like, or anything else for that matter. Money, education, and support provide a huge advantage if you have them, no doubt. But there are so many people who have them and don't succeed, and so many people without them that do succeed. And no matter where you came from, you are all those things that I say powerful and creative and your thoughts do matter. If you believe you are powerless, then you really are. And if you believe that you can overcome, then you can, period. (laughs) If you are lucky and have more money and you use it wisely, then that is great. And if you happen to meet an amazing mentor who helps you accomplish your wildest dreams and you get to meet everyone who needs to help you, that's great. And if you're homeless and are offered a home that you can live in, that is so amazing. And if you don't get any of these things, then you are still amazing. You are still capable and you are still powerful. And believing anything less than that is very often disempowering for people. And if you don't believe me, just sign up for a free sample session. Following the link in the show description, we can work on those thoughts. The thoughts you choose to believe are 100% more important to what you're able to accomplish in this life than all the other circumstantial factors under the sun. That might not be a scientific thing, but (laughs) that 100% number but it is true, okay? Also, if you find yourself believing two contradicting ideas like I did this week, don't freak out. It is totally natural and normal. It's a part of a human experience. It doesn't mean that either idea is 100% right or wrong, and it doesn't really matter. Allow yourself the opportunity to live in the uncertainty and kind of experience it. You'll gain even more knowledge from that than if you kind of make an immediate knee-jerk reaction and panic because all of a sudden you've got contradicting ideas. So friends, go out and stop waiting in the wings. Figure out what you're missing to meet your potential and then get it. And then keep working on those voices. Okay, go out and take the stage. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 